You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everybody, a special edition of Listen Up, the Kings postgame as they lose to the Miami Heat, 110 to 107. A hell of a game. Uh, the game's tied on a final possession. Hero comes up with the big shot, and the Kings give up 33 points in the fourth quarter. And after a promising win to start this road trip against Charlotte, Sacramento drops this game to the Miami Heat, the final of 110 to 107. De'Aaron Fox did not play for Sacramento. Uh, Davion Mitchell, nine points, four of nine shooting, had four assists, one turnover. Uh, Jimmy Butler did not play for the Miami Heat, so they were playing shorthanded, but they get a big game from Hero and Struss, or I should say Lowry and Hero. Kyle Lowry with 22 points, seven assists. Tyler Hero, 26 points, 12 rebounds, the big shot. And uh, this is a tough loss for Sacramento because if you win here, then you're right back to within a game under 500 at three and four, and you're playing a bad Orlando team coming up next. Instead, now you get, you know, pushed back down the hill a little bit, and you're now two and five with road games coming up at Orlando uh, and the Golden State Warriors. So, Tough loss. I mean, uh, this looked like a very winnable game. Uh, the Kings played pretty well. You know, they allowed 33 in the first quarter, but they scored 32. Low scoring second quarter, 20 to 19. Manageable third quarter, 25 24, uh, but then giving up 33 points in that final quarter. And so they lose it 110 to 107. Uh, ben Adebayo, 20 points or Bam, rather, out of bio, 20 points, 11 rebounds, and six assists. He had a very big game for the Miami Heat. And, you know, when you look at this game for Sacramento, you knew that without De'Aaron Fox, you know, others would have to play well. Sabonis, you know, had 22 points. He had 12 rebounds. He had eight assists. Harrison Barnes, another slow offensive production, 12 points, four of 12 shooting. Uh, Keegan Murray did not have the game that you were hoping, but you know, he's a rookie. He's going to have games like this, seven points, four rebounds. So the Kings lose it. The final of 110 to 107. This is your show. So let's get two phone calls and we start with Jeff. Jeff, welcome here. You're on the Kings post game after a tough, tough loss to the Miami Heat, 110, 107. Go ahead. Hey, Grant. Thanks for taking my call. I had a question Thank you. for you. I had a question for you. Why don't you foul, uh, you know, in, in the backcourt or when they're bringing the ball down, 
foul and you know do the free throw thing at the end. I always wondered why don't, there's 12 seconds left. Foul him, put him to the line. Were they in the penalty? No. Yes, they were in the penalty. Uh, you don't ever do that. Not in a tied game. You would never foul in a tied game. Never. Okay. Well, that's what I, I was just wondering if they. Yeah. Would- no, never in a tied game. Now, if you're down uh, by three points, yes. Or if the if the shot clock is not in your favor and you're down by two points uh, or one point and they don't have to take a shot, yes, you would foul, but not in a tied game. Okay. Never foul in a tied game. You're hoping that your defense can get a stop. You know, at that point, at the end of the game, Jeff, if you're Sacramento, you're hoping that the game goes to overtime. And okay. you're hoping you get a defensive stop and you get a rebound, Jeff, and then you take your chances in overtime. But you would never foul in that situation. Never. Hey, you got to give this a bonus. He did make his free throws tonight. And made he did make some clutch free throws there at the end. Yeah, the two down at the end of the game, he tied the game up. You know, he got, you know, what was it? 107 to 105. Yeah. Uh, he goes to the line and makes two clutch free throws to tie the game. You know, he did miss two, but five of seven. You can live with that. Uh, and again, the two free throws down the stretch. I mean, hey, those were big free throws. You know, if he misses one of them, the game's over. Right, right. Okay, that's all I had, Grant. All right, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's, I mean, in that situation, you're not going to foul. You're not going to foul. The game's tied. You're hoping you can get a stop. And you didn't get a stop. So tough one, you know, tough to say the least. All right, I want to hear from you, all right? Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do this. All right, let's get to uh, Dorian. Dorian, it's your turn right here on Listen Up. Go ahead, Dorian. Hey, Grant, just a simple observation. Um, you know, Davion hits that hits that go-ahead layup to make it 105-105. And, uh, yep. Miami inbounds the ball. Why don't you press? You know, there's 30 seconds left. You you pride yourself on defense. You press, and then you don't give Miami an opportunity for Hero to hit that clutch three-point shot. You force Dave, you you force the bonus to hit those two free throws. But man, you know, press. That's that's simple stuff that you learn in middle school. That's just my opinion. I agree with you. I didn't understand why they didn't pick up full court right there. Um, they I, let they let Lowry on your part. Yeah, they let Lowry cross half court with with thirty plus seconds left, and he hits that the, you know turnaround fadeaway shot. I mean, yeah, I think if you press yeah. a little bit, you, you know, you you don't you, you don't you don't give Hero an opportunity to hit that three. That's yeah, a tough loss. I mean, it really is. And the you know when you're on the road and you're on defense and you look at having to get a stop, that's not a scenario you want to be in when you're on the road, you know, uh, that, that's a tough way to lose a game. And you, you make a good point. And that's a very good observation on your part. I mean, and here's the other deal. They had pretty good defense on Tyler Hero. I mean, I thought defensively, you know, they made Hero take a tough shot. And he did. He made a tough shot. And I give him uh, credit. I give him credit. He made a tough shot. Guy's a hell of a player. Uh, you know, again, again, I thought the Kings defended it pretty well. But he hit a tough shot. Yeah, thank you, Grant. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you very much, Dorian. Take care now. All right, let's get to uh, Connor. Connor, thanks very much for calling here on the post game. Go ahead. Hey, Grant. It was a really tough loss, obviously. Swallow. Yep, very tough game to lose. No question about it. Yeah, I had a couple of points. I mean, the defense in the fourth quarter, watching it was horrendous, except for that last play. I mean, he, you just got to tip your – cap the hero but 
how many plays like Hero earlier in the quarter had a wide open layup. Lowry had some easy. I mean, there was like they were scoring at will in the fourth quarter. Thirty-three points, Miami scored in the fourth quarter. You know, when you're on the road, you got to win games. You can't be allowing up thirty-three points uh, in the fourth quarter. You know, it's very, very difficult to say the least. Yeah, and then a question I had. I mean, in crunch time, you had Del Vadova and Davis out there. Was Keegan Murray hurt or something? Why wasn't he out there? Uh, he wasn't having a really good game. I mean, that, that's for sure. He was uh, 27 minutes, seven points, four rebounds. Uh, not to the best of my knowledge, he was hurt. Yeah, I mean, you got a good performance from Sabonis. I mean, he had two late trips to the line where he knocked them both down. So that was yep. a good sign to see. But That was a good sign need- to see. Yeah, I mean, I think you needed a little more out of Davion tonight, especially with Fox out. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I thought Davian would be more of a factor in this game. And, you know, here's the other deal, all right, because we talk about Mitchell being, you know, very good on the ball defender and everything. But, you know, I, 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 would, I thought he would get the job done a little bit better on that side of the floor. You know, I mean, when you look at what Kyle Lowry did tonight, Kyle Lowry had a very big game for uh, the Miami Heat, and they needed a big game from Lowry. You know, he's a really good player. I mean, he had 22 points. He had seven assists. But, you know, he made eight of 14 shots in 38 minutes. I thought the defense would be a little bit better on Lowry. Again, I, I, I acknowledge Lowry's a really good player. But that's a matchup I thought favored Sacramento when Miami had the ball. It didn't happen today. Yeah, I thought one big positive was Sabonis thing out of foul trouble. I mean, that was huge. I mean, he was out yeah. there. And that's where he's going to put up big games and stuff because he's out of foul trouble. Well, uh, that was a factor. I mean, the fact that he was able to stay on the floor. and But a loss is a loss. And this is a tough loss, man. You know, back to Sabonis, he only had 2,000 in this game, as you pointed out. But this is a game you had a chance to win on the road and pulled it within one game of 500, and now you're 2-5. and five. It's a tough game to lose, boy. That's a tough game to lose. Yeah, it sure is. I mean – Two and five is a big difference from three and four. I mean, you're one game below 500 with the magic coming up. That's big. Huge. Huge. Absolutely. You know, uh, there's no other way to say it, Connor. I mean, this is a very, very tough loss because of the circumstances. You know, you really had a chance to win this game. The game was right there. And Tyler Hero hits a big shot or else the game goes to overtime. It's a tough way to lose the game. And then one more point I have. some A player that's really growing on me in the Kings is Matthew Delvadova. I mean, he doesn't necessarily affect the box score very much, but it, I just like the way he plays. He t- took a charge, I think, tonight. He just yeah. has a lot of tenacity on defense. He has got a good sense of the game, good basketball IQ. You're right. He's not a box score guy. He only had five points tonight. I think he had only one assist, but he makes his presence felt on the court. Uh, he does other things. He's a He's one of those players that uh, seems to help out teams wherever he goes. Uh, I'm with you on that. I, I'm pretty. I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen when he's on the floor. Yeah, that's all I got. Thanks for having the show, having me on. Thank you, Connor. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening. All right, let's get to uh, John. John, welcome to the show. Good to have you on, John. How are you? Man, I'm doing great, Grant. And man, that was a fantastic game front to back all the lead changes everything 
so well contested. And Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero, he became the hero at the end. But you know what? Yep, that's who he is. That's who he was in college. If you look, if you look through it, it's it shouldn't be. It's not unexpected. And so no, that's the way he's been in the NBA too. Not only in college, he's been that way with the Miami Heat. So yeah, the guy's been. uh, He's a big time scorer, no doubt about it. No question about it. And as to um, the foul trouble with Sabonis, hey man, I almost liked it when he was in foul trouble because he collected so many freaking rebounds. And if you realize this, we won those. We won games when he was in foul trouble. So maybe being a little bit, you know. You know how he plays. He plays a, I guess the later he goes in his, if he's in six or seven minutes and then the eighth or ninth minute in a row, he stops moving in his, his hips and he doesn't have the spacing as well and he reaches out more with his hands, which creates fouls, which gets whistles. And well, I can't little- really fault. Yeah, I got you. I understand what you're saying. You know, tonight, two fouls. He stayed on the floor for 37 minutes, yeah. 22 points, 12 rebounds. He almost had a triple double. He had eight assists as well. Dude, he played freaking fantastic. I I loved yep. it. And, uh, hey, don't take away his animosity, too, because that's part of his game. And once it gets together – and, hey, Herter, he, Herter's a man. That guy, he's yep. very much like Tyler Hero. He very much reminds me of Tyler Hero, as a matter yep. of fact, now that I'm saying it out loud. However, he yep. looks like a young Grant Napier, so. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh... – he is he's a New Yorker, Kevin Herter. Uh, he's yeah. from uh, New York. So uh, but I'll tell you, he's been a good pickup for Sacramento. That was a good trade. You know, he played 38 minutes. Kevin Herter, he had 22 points. You know, guys, a, he's a threat every time he has the ball in his hand to make a basket. So, you know, he, he's been a good, good addition to the Sacramento Kings. But, you know, again, this is a bottom bottom line sport like all sports are. You either win or you lose and the Kings lost and they're two and five. And, you know, every time you get a little momentum, they had one, two in a row, you feel good, you got a chance to win a game, and then boom, you get pushed right down the mountain again. You know, so now they got to climb back up. They got to yeah, climb I, back up, you know. I understand that, Grant. And, you know, we talk about how many you know, games does it take, are you going to judge them on? And five games is, is a lot. I've always said, and I think we may have had this conversation before, about eight games is what I gauge it on because eight games is roughly – 10% of the season. And I'm kind of a numbers guy. I'm Carpenter, you know, I'm about numbers. It's roughly 10% of the season. And then I'll grade it on 16, the next 16 games. So about eight games. And eight games is coming up next. And when I looked at this schedule to begin with, I was hoping we would win one of the first five games. I didn't know we'd go 0-4. But I was hoping in the eight games that we would win two or three of them because this is an extremely hard schedule as it looked to begin with. You know, we obviously didn't know Portland and the Jazz are, you know, are going to be perhaps as good as they were. We thought the Lakers might be a little better and Clippers might be a little better than they are, but you never know. That's why I gauge it on about eight games, every eight games, you know, but not two and not 20. You know what I mean? Well, you know, again, everything will even out. Uh, the, the Spurs are going to lose tonight. They're getting blown out, so they're going to oh, go to five and score? three. Uh, they're they they're down. There's a, like five seconds left. They're down one forty three to one hundred to Toronto. They got their ass kicked. Uh, yeah, the Jazz cool. are playing. The, the Jazz are playing the Mavericks in Dallas. Uh, the Jazz with a minute left in the third quarter are up by four points in that game. You know, the Jazz just keep playing well. The Clippers are going to beat the. 
Houston Rockets. They're up by seven with a minute left. So, you know, the Clippers have been slow getting out of the gate, but they're going to go to four and four now. That's the other issue with Sacramento with these losses. You know, you look at the teams in the West and the teams that we didn't think would be all that, like Portland, like the Jazz, you know, even the Spurs, although the Spurs got it handed to them tonight, they're all out of the gate with very good starts. Now Sacramento, you know, is three games under 500. And, the, the, you know, you got to be very careful in the West about falling too far behind. I fully understand that, Grant. Being a Kings fan, I fully understand that, man. You should see the length yep. of my beard. So, hey, man, I love the <laughs> format that we get to shoot the shit after the game and everything. Yep. And Connor with great points. And uh, everybody, whoever else, hop on, everybody. Jerry. Yep. You know, everybody, everybody well, I want to hear from you. Whoever's yeah, well, that's there. why I'm doing Matt, this show. This show, this show, board, John, man. is about you and the, the audience, not about me. Well, Thanks, well, John. You know, I love. I don't know which show you were talking about yesterday, and you know, you're not. You don't really root for the Kings, and you know, you're always gr- great on the air too because you were uh, honest. You're freaking yep. honest, anyways. Even though you did root for the Kings because you wanted us to do well when you were us, but you want us as Kings fans because we are you, Grant. And you are us, man. Yeah. So, John, I appreciate that. I did. I talked about so this. Much, I, thank you. I appreciate you. And uh, thank you very much for the call, buddy. And uh, I really appreciate your support. I did say yesterday on my Listen Up show, you know, I don't root for the Kings anymore. I don't root for them to lose. And then I said, well, l- let me let me explain this. I root for the fans because the fans are a part of me and they'll always be a part of me. And I think, like John said, you know, I'm a part of them. So, what I said on the app yesterday is, you know, I don't sit there and have my pom-poms out rooting for the Kings to win anymore. I don't. I just follow the whole league, uh, but I'm not rooting for them. I don't wish them any ill will. I don't wish for them to lose, but I want the Kings fans to experience joy again. And that is by, you know, watching a good team. That's what I root for. That's exactly what I root for. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls here. And uh, we welcome in Isaac to the show. Hello, Isaac. You're on with Grant Napier after the Kings heat game. Go ahead. Hey, Grant. How you doing? I'm good, Isaac. What can I do for you? Oh, you know, just some uh, thoughts on the game and, you know, a little backstory. Uh, for years, I would, you know, always talk to my brother-in-law about the game and stuff. And he, we both played college basketball and he was a professional basketball player overseas. And I would just say, man, the Kings are tough really to root for because I just feel like they would lose so many games just off of energy and effort. And it's like, as a fan, it just wasn't easy to root for him sometimes. And so, like, the last three games, though, I really feel like like they've really been playing with good energy and effort, at least. And, yeah, you're not going to win every game, but it's easier to cheer for you if I feel like you're trying hard. And so yeah. I just feel like those last three games is kind of the energy and effort we expected to see at the start of the season, and it just wasn't there. So at least, like, hey, you know, Tyler Hero made a tough contested shot. You lost the game. Yeah, it's a bad loss. But it's like, hey, they're making free throws. They're rebounding the ball. They're playing a little bit better. The energy and effort is there. And it's like, okay, I can get behind that product if you're going to give me that effort. And guys – Yeah, yeah, I think you make a very good point. I think I I don't disagree with that. I think that's a very good point. Yeah, and guys who I just, like, feel like the last couple games really stuck out to me, like Trey Lyles, like, he's he's long, he can really move his feet, and just when I watch him, he just kind of jumps off the screen. It's just like, man, like, good things seem to happen when he's on the court, he's playing hard and giving effort, and it's like, that I can really respect and appreciate. So, at least, at the very least, 
that has been nice to see. It just feels like everyone's energy and effort is picked up and hopefully that can, you know, maintain, you know, and, and if that maintains, they're going to win. They probably win five or six more games just based off of energy and effort that they would normally lose year after year. And so those five or six games could be, you know, the difference in making or breaking the whole season, but at least they're fun. You know, the energy's there and it makes it fun to watch and, and appreciate. So if they're going to give that type of effort and energy, like I'm going to be excited to watch the season and let the chips fall where they may. So Isaac, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care now. Bye-bye. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls. And uh, we are going to bring in Peter here to uh, listen at post game. Peter, go ahead. You're on with Grant Napier. It is uh, your turn. All you got to do is hit that microphone icon, uh, Peter, and uh, we can put you right on. You'll be able to talk with me. All right. I put you up on stage. You hit that little mic icon. I'm going to let you uh, explore your device so you can figure out where that is. And then I'll put you on once you raise your hand. Let's get to Ryan uh, in Sacktown. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Napes. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, you as well. So um, this is the third game in a row that the Kings have held their opponents to two quarters of under 30 points. Yep. So shooting percentages have not been terrible for the other teams. It looks like they are making some type of small turn on defense. And I just want to see if there's anything that you're seeing as to why that change is beginning to happen. Uh, well, first of all, I don't think the quality of teams they've been playing has been very good. All right. That's number one. You know, Miami is not playing well this year. They're four and five. And, you know, so before tonight's game, they were three and five. There's a reason for that because they haven't been playing that well. Charlotte was playing without, you know, their very best player and two of their best players. Uh, so, you know, I factor all of that into it. I, I don't really look at uh, trends that small sample size. I mean, you could make that argument, but they also allowed 33 points in the first quarter and 33 points in the second quarter. And, you know, you don't have to be a genius to figure out that adds up to 66 points in one half of the game. And if you're allowing 66 points in one half of an NBA game, it's going to be very challenging to win. So, you know, but, you know, Sacramento scored 32 and 31 points in the first and fourth quarter, respectively. But the Kings defense, uh, to me, uh, is inconsistent. And I don't know that I can expect them to play lockdown defense for 48 minutes a game. I don't think that's realistic. But they're having too many bad quarters defensively. Yeah, they are. There's no doubt. There's not a lot of consistency there. And speaking of consistency, again, small sample size with Davion, um, what do you think made him struggle tonight? And, you know, do you think that was just a one-off against Charlotte? That's a good question because I watched him play last year for an extended period of time at the end of the season, and he was very consistent. You know, and tonight uh, he didn't shoot the ball well from three, whereas the other night he did. He didn't he didn't register ten points in twenty nine yeah. minutes of action. He had nine. You know, and he, the and and the thing that really surprised me is the guy that he was guarding tonight had a really big game offensively, and I need Davion Mitchell if he's not going to score very well I need him to be a lockdown type of a defender because that's why the Kings really drafted him and I didn't see that from him tonight and that kind of worries me a little bit yeah I agree well um thanks again for doing the post show I know a lot of people want to talk and uh this is a hit so uh thank you go Kings we're gonna get there guys all right thank you appreciate it all right 
let's try Peter again. Peter, I'm going to put you back on stage, and then uh, hopefully I will be able to uh, chat with you. There you go, Peter. How are you today? I'm good, Grant. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for calling. Well, I I can I can say for sure it's an absolute pleasure to be able to talk to you. So thank you for doing this. Well, thank you for calling. It means a lot, and I'm doing it for you and everyone else out there. I'm doing these shows because uh, I like connecting with the fans. I want them to have a, a platform to go to, and so thank you very much for calling. What's your question? Well, it's not so much a question as much as I always wanted to be able to say this to you, that um, I'm 37 now, but when I was in the early 2000s, when I was you know, 14, 15 years old, some of my greatest memories with my dad was sitting in the family room, watching the Sacramento Kings and hearing you call the games with Jerry Reynolds. And you are as much a part of the Kings to me as any team that's ever been, whether it was the Chris Webber, Jason Williams, you know, Mike Bibby era um, to today. It's you're a part of that to me. And I know the other day that you said that um, you don't really root for them anymore and you're not against them and you're just kind of neutral. And I, I get that. I understand it. But you're a part of the Kings to me. And so I just want to thank you for all the years uh, that you did broadcasting that team. Well, that means a lot to me. Uh, your words mean a lot to me. And just so you know, the Kings will always be a part of me. Okay, regardless of whether I got my pom-poms out in my living room when I'm watching games, that's never going to change. The Kings are a part of the fabric of who I am. I, I announced the games for 32 years. That's never going to leave. The Kings will always be a part of me. It's just that the experience that I went through, okay, makes it yeah. uh, near impossible to root for. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't root for them to lose. <laughs> But I guess you'd have to walk in my shoes to really understand because it's very difficult for me to put in the words to make sure that what I'm saying is exactly what I mean so that you as a loyal fan can understand where I'm coming from. I made this comment on Listen App yesterday. What I root for is I root for people like you, okay? I root for people like Connor and Jeff and Ryan and everyone else that's on this app right now that do love the Kings. I root for you. You said you're 37 years old, correct? Yes. Is that okay? Think about the person that's 17 years old instead of 37. And think about you. Think about you in the early 2000s. If you didn't have that experience and you grew up yeah. in your childhood and you never saw the Kings have a winning season and you, you never saw them in a playoff game. Now think about your experience in the early part of the 2000s with your dad and think about and how much you cherish those memories. Now think yep. about not having those memories and how different your childhood would be. So I root for people like you. I root for the fans to be able to experience the joy and passion that you experienced with your dad when you were a boy growing up. Think about the dads now that have had sons and daughters or moms that have had sons and daughters that have grown up and now are leaving the house and getting ready to go to college or what have you, and they've never had a chance to share what you shared with your dad. That's awful. So I root for that for fans like yourself. That's what I root for. And just to let you know, I'm also rooting for you. That's why I listen. Thank you.
I, I love you, Grant. I, I think you you have a you have a great sense of responsibility and character. Um, you just I don't know. You say things on this podcast every time that you talk, and you make sense. And I'm like, yeah, why? Why is that so hard for everyone else in the world to like get around that? And it it seems well, for a lot of people to be, you know, for lack of a better term, just be common sense, just common yep. sense. Yep. Peter, again, thank you very much for your words. It means the world to me. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You know, not not to get off on a tangent here. I don't understand why people can't communicate. I, I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand why having conversations with people with different viewpoints is so difficult. I mean, not, not again. I'm not going to get off on a tangent. I'm going to get right back to the phone calls. But you know, I don't really care if you're a Democrat or Republican. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care if you're a liberal or a conservative. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care who you vote for. It doesn't matter to me. But you know what? Our political debates that have been going on the last couple of weeks, it's an embarrassment for this country. They're embarrassing. They're absolutely embarrassing. And all you have to do is watch a political debate to understand why our country is so screwed up as it is. It's just it's it, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I, I don't understand why it's so difficult to have two people with different viewpoints have a an adult, constructive conversation. You don't have to agree with that person, but what, whatever happened to respecting someone's opinion that is different than yours? Why can't we do that in society? I don't understand that. You know, I, my brother and I are on different ends of the political spectrum on a lot of things. We can sit down and talk for two or three hours about everything and not agree on really one thing. But at the end of it, he's still my brother. I still love him. And we're still going to have another conversation. You know, I can speak to, I have many friends that are, that are Trump lovers, many friends. I have many friends that despise Trump. I have many friends that are, you know, extremely liberal. I have many friends that are staunch Republicans. I don't end my friendships based on their political beliefs. I wouldn't end their friendship based on someone's sexual orientation. I wouldn't end my friendship based on someone's religion. And yet there are so many people in this country that do that. And I'm like, I, that's foreign to me. I don't get it. I really don't. All right, let's get to uh, Jerry right here. 
on Listen App after the Kings lose 110 to 107 in Miami. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Grant. How are you, sir? And thank you for doing this um, after this, you know, the game, Grant. It was a tough game to watch. I mean, it was, you know, the Kings, they're right there. But you know what? And it is what it is, bro. Uh, yeah, well, Grant, it's a tough one. Right. Grant, I want to ask you something, Grant. And I want to follow up with uh, Peter. Uh, you know what? You said before that, you know, you're not rooting for the Kings and, anymore. You're rooting for the fans. But you know what? Since you resigned from the Kings, Grant, I mean, you know, it's very hard for us Kings fans to listen to you to say, hey, you know what? I don't care if they win. I don't care if they lose. I just care about the fans. I want them to do good. I mean, it, it, I mean it's very hard just to listen to that. I mean, and 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 then you resigning from the Kings. I mean, uh, what animosity do you hold, Grant? Jerry, I, I can't put this into words. When you say it's hard for me, or it's hard for you to understand what I'm saying, think about what I went through with my tweet of all lives matter every single one on May 31st. And then think about, okay, in less than 48 hours, my career that I had did not exist anymore, okay? And I feel that I didn't do anything wrong, Jerry. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm never gonna apologize for saying all lives matter every single one, okay? I'm never gonna apologize for that. I apologize to those that may have been offended by what I said, I felt bad. I don't ever want to offend anybody, but I'm not going to apologize for all lives matter, every single one. And you say, well, why do I feel the way I do? Jerry, I had what I considered was a perfect life living in Sacramento. And it was basically gone over six words that are true. Who, who doesn't believe that all lives matter, every single one? And here we are, fast forward to 2022, and many people are saying that now. Many people are understanding about All Lives Matter, and yet I don't get my life back, Jerry, you know? So when you talk about animosity or you want to talk about, Jerry, you listen to me every day, right? Yes, I do, sir. Okay, what's the, I'm transparent. I mean, I'm always transparent. I'm always telling you, Jerry, how I feel and what I believe in. I'm transparent, all right? I tell you about you some are, of the experience, right? right? Grant, okay. you're so, the most honest person I've, I've ever heard talk, Grant. You are, you know, you say what you feel, and you know, that's what I love about listening to your show. You say it the way it is, and that that's what I I love about the way that you do that. I really, really- Okay, really well, thank you. So why, why, why then would I come on and talk to you and everyone else that I've been talking to for decades and lie to you. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, I was asked a question and I answered it. So if it, and and, and so let me finish and then I'm gonna give you the floor back. So if it it pains you or it uh, is difficult for you to accept that after blood, sweat, tears, joy, Every range of emotion that a human being has that I experienced being your announcer for 32 years, if those emotions in my body have changed based on the experience that I went through, you need to know this, okay? I root for you as a fan 
every day. I want to see you, Jerry, in the arena in April and May and June watching the team that you love that was a major part of my life for over half my life. I want you to experience that. So I root for your passion to continue with this franchise that has given so many aches and pains and so many down moments. I want that to change for you, but I can't continue to feel about the team the way I used to because of everything that's happened. I don't have it in me anymore. I, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm just being 100% transparent with you. Grant, that makes perfect sense, Grant. But the only thing that I'm trying to get to you, sir, is uh, that you know you were you were let go from your job on the radio station, and I don't even want to mention that radio station because it's not you know it's not even. Yep. Right. But what I'm saying is, you said that you resigned from the Kings. I or, did. I did resign. And, and the thing of it is, it, it it's like you know what? You don't think you could have went on just by doing the Kings play by play and fuck the radio station? Okay, that has nothing to do yep. with it. You don't think you could have went on just by doing that? I don't know what could have happened, Jerry. All I know is what did happen. You know, I don't have a crystal ball any more than you do. All I know is what happened happened, and I've moved on. I'm doing this now. I'm doing some other things. I love the fact that I'm able to have live communications with people like yourself. I love doing my podcast where I can explore, you know, different topics like my podcast that was released yesterday ripping Kyrie Irving in the NBA. You know, I don't know if I could have ripped the NBA, you know, if I was still doing the NBA. So there are certain things that, you know, I've been able to uh, discuss and I'm, I'm okay with it, Jerry. Well, Jerry, just know this, okay? I'm not rooting for the Kings to lose. I'm not rooting for them to have able. I still have, Jerry, I have a lot of friends that work for the Kings to this day. And I, I don't wish them any ill will. I wish them to have success. I have so many friends that work in the ticket department of the Kings that have been there for decades that I root for them to maintain their jobs because there's interest in the team and people want to go to the games. You know, there are a lot of, a lot of areas within the organization that I have very fond. I'm very fond of because of the people that still work there. So, you know, I, I'm just telling you when the game starts, Jerry, I don't have the same feeling for the team that I had when I announced the games. I, I guess that's what I'm saying, Jerry. I don't know how else to say it. Grant, you know what? What you said was just perfect, Grant. And it's just like, you know, just watching the game today and, you know, listening to the people calling the game. I don't even want you to mention any names because they're not that important. But, you know, just, you know what? I miss Mr. Grant Napier calling Kings games, Grant. And what you're doing now with your uh, – live youtube show with their uh listen app show you know what you are doing a great job keep it up bud you know what but i missed in sacramento thank you very much jerry i appreciate you i appreciate you jerry thank you very much you know and i love jerry he's not afraid to ask me whatever question he's asked me some pretty tough questions in the past and i love talking to jerry he's a just a passionate guy and uh i i loved having his support i really do love having his support all right, uh, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen App, and we bring back Peter. Hey, Peter. Hi, Grant. Sorry to bug you again. You're not bugging me. Um, I, I kind of want to piggyback on uh, Jerry there, and 
my phone call was not meant to say, why did you leave Sacramento? And you know what? I completely understand. I, yeah, my wife can tell you how mad I was about what happened to you in Sacramento. Um, I, I guess my point was just to tell you how much I cherished what you did for that team. You were, you were a part of that team to me and my family. Um, and I, I guess I'll move on to like the game. Um, I feel like Harrison Barnes is a little bit out of whack with the defense. He seems kind of mm-hmm. lost with the offense, with the defense. He seems always kind of late on on things. Is it is it just me or? Nope, he's not playing well. Uh, it's a good observation. And again, I want to thank you very much for your support. Uh, it means the world to me, and I'm I'm happy that I was able to give you and your family so many great memories. That means the world to me. But you know, as far as Harrison Barnes goes, he needs to play better. You know, plain and simple, Peter, he needs to play better. He really does. He needs to play better. And then uh, Herder, or is that how you say his last name? Yep, Herder. yep, Kevin Herder, yep. That guy's killing it from the three. I mean, he missed yes, some he shots is. tonight, but he is, he's, he's hitting some shots yep. that's like, what? Yeah, he was four of nine from three tonight. I mean, that's phenomenal percentage. I mean, yeah, yeah he, he is killing it. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, that guy has been incredible since coming over from the Atlanta Hawks. It was a great trade that the Kings made. And, uh, yeah, he's the real deal, man. He is really good. He's got a very great feel for the game. He's got a tremendous uh, basketball IQ. He's got a tremendous sense for, you know, how well things are on the floor. Like, he understands everything that's going on. He really does. He understands how to play the game. He understands defensive rotations. He understands, you know, things that you want in a game. And think about this. This He's a, in his career. You ready for this? In his career – He's a 38.4% three-point shooter. That's a hell of a percentage. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yep. And in 10 games, you know, the last 10 going back to last year, so that includes the games this year, 53% from three. So, yeah, he, he's a big-time shooter, Peter. He's a big-time shooter. No, he's a good a, a good shooter. I would say that I'm living in sports hell because I'm a Miami Dolphins fan I'm an, and I'm a Kings fan. So, <laughs> okay. Well, you know, your Dolphins are uh, got a chance this year to. Uh, they're pretty be good this the, year. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. Well, they got a tough. Though, they have a, it was it was kind of hell, but yeah. you know that. You know, I was talk- I do know that. Believe me, I was also talking about this stretch before the season began, and because uh, Miami's got murderous row coming up here uh, in a couple of weeks. They're at San Francisco, then they're at yep. the Chargers, then they're at Buffalo, and they come home to play Green Bay. Now, when the schedule came out, you're like, oh my god. But now Green Bay looks bad. The Chargers don't look nearly as good. So maybe that four-game stretch is not going to be as bad as it then looked. And then after that, you go right back on the road to play New England. So you have four or five games on the road, yep. all right? Uh, that's going to that's be the, the, the defining part of their schedule. But, hey, Peter, we're here to talk basketball, and I want to say thank you again. I really appreciate your support and call again, okay? Basketball real quick, right? Yep. Yep. <clears throat> yep. So I have Peter, heard for go ahead. many weeks yeah. talking about the coaching staff and it's not going to change anything and it's the ownership and I agree with all that. You're spot on. So what do the Kings, aside from the ownership, like you can't from the ground up change the ownership. No, you can't. Right? 
So, no, well, you, 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 it would be very difficult. It can be done, but it, it's very difficult. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little twist here. What is it about that organization that, aside from you being the sacrificial lamb that got thrown out, what is it about Doug Christie get, that gets to stay there? And now he's a coach. He's an assistant coach, right? A defensive coach or something? Yeah, he's an assistant coach. And if I can get personal, if you don't want to answer it, I totally respect it, and I'll 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 hop off. But how does that guy play golf for you, do a show for you for that many years, and then just go, oh, geez, I never realized he was a racist? Well, I don't think that Doug Christie feels that I'm a racist. Uh, I really don't. Okay. Uh, sorry, you know, if, if you I, saw, sorry, that was I mean, first of all, I, that's okay. That's okay. Doug knows who I am. Doug knows how I was raised. Doug knows what I believe in. Doug knows about my golf tournament that he played in every year where I sent over a hundred at need underprivileged students through college, many of, of whom uh, were black. Um, Doug knows about my core beliefs and my core values. Uh, Doug also in the hours between my tweet and getting fired at the radio station sent me extremely supportive messages. Um, we shared many phone calls during that time. Uh, I thought Doug would speak up publicly for me. And he I said this, and I, I well, I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to say Sorry. it again. Sorry. Doug Christie not speaking up for me was chicken shit, cowardly on his part, okay? If you And this will come out. It's not going to come out right now. But if you could see the text messages that Doug sent me on Monday, June 1st and Tuesday, June 2nd, and then he still didn't speak out for me, you wouldn't believe it. Okay? You would not believe it. If you could have heard the phone conversations that I had with Doug on Monday, June 1st and Tuesday, June 2nd, okay, if those were recorded, which they're not, and you could have listened to those, and the fact that he still didn't speak up for me, you would not believe it. So oh, Doug was chicken shit and cowardly for not speaking up for someone when he knew the truth, and he still knows the truth, and he still goes with his head down and ignores it. So this is a guy that, that. wait a minute, this is, this is a guy Sorry, that we went out to dinner with, all right, us together, went You're out to dinner. With him. I know. Almost every night on the road. We played golf together all the time. Yep. I mentored him both as yep. a radio talk show host and as an analyst on TV. We were on the phone all the time with him asking me questions. I would always help him. I would always tell him what he needed to do better and why he didn't want to do this, why he didn't want to do that. I took great pride in turning him into what I thought was a good analyst. And for him yep. to, to completely leave me standing naked in the snow i'll never forgive him for that never but why did he do that i'm sorry to ask you you'd have to ask him personal but you'd have to ask him you'd have I, to ask him i'm not going to speak for why he did or why he didn't do that <laughs> well you know what maybe you'll see him at the store in sacramento one time or out on the golf course because oh, live, you know I what maybe but i'm just saying maybe you'll run into him i i don't i i can't speak for him i'm not I, going I, to speak I, for him i'm not trying to put you up grant i'm not trying to do that in any way. I, I am. I understand. 
you 100%. I think it's total bullshit that that guy just completely, I play golf with him. I know his family and it's, oh, uh, Grant's a racist now. It's, it, that was, sorry, I don't want to swear on your show, but. You can do whatever you want on my show. We're on the internet. You can do whatever you want. The reality is I've been extremely transparent about this uh, over the last two years. And his refusal to speak up for me was cowardly. And I said that. And again, again, if you could see my phone, if you could see the messages that I had on my phone from him, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. What about Carmichael Dave? He didn't. Carmichael Dave is very close to me. We talk all the time. He can't go on the radio and talk about me. He's prohibited from talking about me on the radio, on the radio. He's not allowed to. He's not allowed to mention my name on the radio. He's not allowed to talk about me on the radio. But if so gonna, if you're going to take a stand, he, I, I think he should. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick. Well, you know what, Peter, he's got a family. He's got two kids that he needs no, to support. Okay. And he's not allowed to talk that's about fair. me on the air. Now, I don't know what the consequences would be if he did talk about me on the air, but you know, listen, call him up one time on the morning show and ask him why he can't talk about me you know, and see what he says. But I consider Dave a loyal supporter. Um, I he has my back. And, mm. and but, but, but I understand the situation. He is forbidden. He is not allowed to talk about me on the radio. Why did they say that about I'm I, Grant, I really hope you understand. I am not grilling you to make you to be a bad guy. I think you were completely wronged in this entire situation. But it's just, it's, how do people just give in to, I, I don't know. Because they're afraid of losing their jobs. They were afraid of losing their jobs. Yeah. That's it. They were afraid of losing their jobs. That's, uh, that's it. Uh, you know, well, you know how many other people called me over the last two years that are colleagues of mine that announced professional sports, both on the local and national level, and, and called me? And we had conversations on the phone. And some of these names you would know. I'm not going to mention the names because they were private conversations. And but the content way is way more important people than me. <laughs> Mo, my God, I'm talking about household names. All right. Oh. I'm talking about some of the best announcers that we have in this country. And they told me that they're nervous about going on the air because they, they're afraid of saying something that's going to be misinterpreted or misconstrued and they're going to lose their job. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's yeah. the country we're living in today. It's a shame. It's an absolute shame. LeBron James, where are you at? No, it's I, a joke. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to sit back and wait until it's something racist. That's exactly right. Hey, Peter, I'm going to move on right, to some other you, calls, Grant. but I, I appreciate your support. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Grant. Thank you very much. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen App. After the Kings lose to the Miami Heat, we go to Zach. Hey, Zach, how are you? Hey, not too bad. That was a tough loss, man. Yes, it was. Yes, uh, it was. Man, you know, basically, like, uh, I just wanted to chip in and say that, like, your whole movement from Sacramento into your new uh, place, I think you're in, what, Miami-Dade County or something like yep. that? Yes. Um, You know, I totally understand it. You know, like, you, what happened and how you could never go back and how rooting for Sacramento is tough. And, you know, you're starting your whole, you know, whole new life and yep. you know you're probably you know loving yourself and i just want to let uh, you know, like, no, I no, no 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 stop right there i'm not loving myself everything you said was true except for the last part okay no, well i'm, not. I'm sure okay 
for the most part, you're doing better. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I just wanted to say, like, I've been in your shoes before. Like, you know, I'm a, I want to say, like, I'm a junior in college right now. And uh, at my old university, I had went through something that never in my life would I have ever thought that would ever happen to me. And that happened a year ago. And uh, I was like, I got to get out of there. I got to get out of there. And then, you know, I have now transferred to uh, my new university. And ever since I've gone back here uh, to my new university, you know, things have been great. You know, so. Good. Well, good for you. I'm happy that you found yourself and got back up on your feet. And, you know, life moves on and you figure it out. So good for you. I'm happy for you. I've never talked to you before, I don't think. Uh, but if I have, I apologize if you called before. But that good for you. You know what? Um, I uh, that's good. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry. So I, like, remember, I understand but, where you've yeah. been through. Like, it's it's hard to want to go back or like, yeah, you know. It is hard. Yes, absolutely. And like you said, with the fans, you know, like, you know, the connections I've made with the, you know, people at my old university, like, I don't wish anything bad for them. You know, no. I hope them the best, you know, so it's just like, I totally get it, man. Yeah, I, I, I root for the fans every day. I want the fans to experience this team back in the playoffs before. But when I'm following the team, I'm not, I don't have a vested interest in how they do anymore. I, I, I just, I don't know how else to say it. I don't have a vested interest on whether they win or lose anymore. Grant, as a fan, like, you know, I've been growing up with them. It is actually really hard to actually like root for these guys. Like, I think in the last couple of years, like sometimes I just don't even care if they win or lose. I'm just like, okay, they win. Oh, cool. They lose. Oh, whatever. Like, yeah. it's almost like just be consistent. Like once they get some consistency winning, then I might start caring, but it's really, really I tough. understand. Yep. Hey, Zach, thanks for the call. And I'm glad that you found yourself again. And I'm glad things are going well at your new university. You take care. Okay. Will do. Thank you, man. Good call right there. All right, uh, let's get to Eli. Eli, you're on with Grant Napier after the Kings lose to the Miami Heat. Hi, Eli. Hey, Grant. How are you doing? Eli, good to hear from you. I'm good. Thank you. You too. Yeah, so I want to just add on a little bit to what Jerry and Peter were saying and then my thoughts on the game. Um, I know we've talked about this before with the whole Doug situation, but it kind of makes sense what you're saying, that he was afraid and presumably, you know, he thought he was going to possibly lose his job as well and he didn't want to go through that, although it, it would be strange for him to lose his job. for just No, 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 no. He wasn't that. afraid of losing his job. He wasn't afraid of losing his job at all. Doug is a very insecure person. Doug was afraid of the backlash that he would get from the Black Lives Matter movement if he supported me. I guarantee you that's what. Doug didn't have a backbone. You know, everyone thinks Doug's got this big backbone. Doug is, does not have a backbone. Doug was not able to make a decision for himself. He was worried about, gee, what's Black Lives Matter going to think if I publicly support Grant Napier? He fell into the pressure of what was going on at that time. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense because I didn't even think that. So that's that's very unfortunate. And I think it just requires to for people to be more courageous and you know, here we are two years later, maybe it's going um, a little bit in that direction, maybe not. Um, but yeah. hey, I wanted to just, I wanted to just comment. I know you've made um, some kind of small comments here and there about how, you know, hey, this thing that Chris Weber said is going to come out or these text messages from Doug oh, it will. might come out. I think we're, yeah, I think we're all on the edge of our seats to, to see that happen one day. So I will, I will tell you, I will tell you with 100% certainty, Okay, not 99.1, not 99.5, not 99.9. It will be proven in a court of law under oath that Chris Weber lied again 
Again, he's already lied to the grand jury once, so lying on Twitter would not be an issue. It will be proven in the court of law that Chris Weber's tweet about telling the Kings about me is 100% false and will come out under oath in a court of law. And um, so you can, you will, you will, yeah, that, that will be public when it happens. I, I, I already know it's going to happen because it's already happened. So you just wait and see, all right? It will come out and yeah. you'll be able to, you'll be able to see it for yourself. Yeah, that's incredible, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that. So, Grant, let me ask you this: If um, let's say everything goes ideally, and let's say you're victorious in the lawsuit, you prevail, and you're vindicated, what's what do you think the end goal is like? So, let's say hypothetically the Kings get a new ownership group two, three, four years down the road, and let's say you're clear. Is the end goal to reconcile one day, and if all the stars yes. perfectly align, or it is okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, in that scenario, yes, one hundred percent. I'm keeping all Perfect. my options open. Listen, I don't hate the team. You know, it's not like I could never work there again. Um, it's just circumstances changed. I can't predict the future. I'm leaving all avenues open. I mean, I could see myself uh, also under your scenario, just saying screw it and not working at all and enjoying my last, I don't know, 20 years of life and go and do things that I've always wanted to do, like travel and do it full time or uh, get involved in a, a charity and help out people and put all of my effort into that. So there are a lot of areas that I could go uh, in. So, but could I, could I see that scenario someday based on the way you said it? Yeah, I could see that. Okay. That's great. Yeah. It's great to kind of uh, keep any option open in your head. And at least for us fans, I think it's refreshing to hear, you know, that you would not just completely rule it out. So yeah, that's great. No, I would not. I would not. No, no, no. I would not rule it out in any way, shape or form. Absolutely not. Well, that's good for us to hear. So, um, Grant, let's move on to the game real quick. So, um, yeah. yeah, disappointing loss for sure. But I guess you could say that maybe there's still some hope and some potential because they didn't have Darren Fox tonight. Sabonis did better staying out of foul trouble and it was a close game. So I guess, you know, you can live with this one as opposed to the others. I think there's still a possibility, um, you know, speaking of stars aligning, I think that's still a possibility with this team as long as they kind of get their shit together and maybe get one or two yep. more pieces. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's still a possibility. They just need to stick with it, do a little bit better defense, see what happens. I think the game with Orlando should be an easy win, hopefully. Um, so Eli, I'm not feeling as, you, as down as... Yeah. Yep. Thank I you. think Orlando's got to be a win. Uh, yep. And I appreciate your phone call. Thanks very much. Thank you. Good post game show today. Really appreciate uh, everyone listening. And your support means the world to me. I mean, I, you, you fans are phenomenal. You're great. I try to interact with you all on the comments that you leave on my YouTube page and on social media and being able to do this show whether it's in the afternoons or after games is fabulous and i do appreciate your support and as peter acknowledged and as jerry acknowledged and eli and so many others i'm always going to be transparent you know i'm not going to bullshit you i'm not going to come on and you know fabricate stuff or fabricate stuff or i'm not going there you know, I've always tried to be honest. I've always tried to be ethical. I've always tried to be a straight shooter. I'm not going to all of a sudden change. You know, I'm, that's who I am. That's what I'm all about. And I will continue to do that. But more than anything, I do this show. You know, again, I'm not getting paid for doing this. I'm not getting paid. You know, I didn't get paid for doing my show this afternoon for an hour and 
being on here now doing this show for what an hour, you know, and I'm not looking for any handouts or anything. I'm just saying I do it for you. That's my love for the fans of Sacramento. Hey, I'll be back tomorrow at four o'clock Pacific on listen app Friday, Sean Salisbury at three o'clock on my YouTube channel. Hope you had a chance to check out Jerry Reynolds with me on my YouTube show today. If you don't like that with Grant Napier, if not, you can check it out. Go to my YouTube channel and check out my show that I did earlier today with Jerry Reynolds. Appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you very much. Final score tonight from South Florida, Miami 110, Sacramento 107. The Kings two up and five down. Up next, the Orlando Magic. They have only one win on the year. So long, everybody.